That's right, ladies and gentlemen, once again, welcome to the Sinatra Dinner Hour. This week we are live from 388 Italian Restaurant in Roslyn. It's a rainy night in New York. It's coming down. It's coming down. And uh, here we are. It's the Sinatra Dinner Hour. It's where we talk about food, family, and of course the great music of Sir Francis Albert Sinatra and the whole Rat Pack era. And tonight we were supposed to have one guest on. Uh, we're supposed to have Vinny Pastore. Vinny's a little under the weather, so he's going to be out for a few days. And he's getting ready for his new podcast, Forget About It, with uh, Kumba Johnny. So we wish him a, a speedy recovery and best of luck with that. You can check that out on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. Here's what friends do for friends. So Vinny wasn't feeling good this morning. I'm like, you know, what are we going to do? We got to get we got to get somebody else to take his place. We're at 388 in Roslyn. I got to get somebody good. I can't, you know, I can't, I, I got to come heavy. So what do I do? I text my friend, Joe Ganiscoli, and before I even finish the text, he just says, what time? So Joe, thank you for being here with us, brother. Thank you for coming. My pleasure, my pleasure. But you did say free food. That was the, that was the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you got the... <laughs> you get the you get the the to go package. It's raining cats and linguini. It really is. It really <laughs> is. Cats and linguini. <laughs> so Joe, you know, I know this is your first this is your first time on the show. I'm, I'm honored to have you here. It's 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 great having guests on. It's even better when they're friends and family. So what we do is here we we you know we do some real talk here. We talk about your past. Mm-hmm. We talk about growing up. We grow about. We talk about trucks driving by here at like 200 miles per hour. Wow, they pick up everything. Yeah, these wow. fucking mics. These, are, these mics are something else. Holy shit. Jesus. Um, you know, and we, we, we talk about what food meant to you growing up, your house. So let, let's just, let's get right into it now. You were born in Brooklyn, right? I was. Gravesend, Avenue U. Avenue U. Avenue U, McDonald Avenue. Nice. That's not too far from uh, L&B. It's well, Island. it's even close to the uh, Joe's of Avenue U, which is uh, only three uh, places that serve a Vasted, which, if you're Sicilian, you know what that is, but um, they were Sicilian specialty store. Talk to, what's the Vasted? Talk to Vasted with a V. It's Bastet. the cow spleen, which you love. Okay. Um, Parmesan or regular? <laughs> It was with cacio cavallo cheese and a little rigotta on a bun, and um, it's an acquired taste, but uh, they are delicious, and uh, I haven't had one in so long. Then they were famous for the panel, which is like um, chickpea, mashed chickpeas, uh, fried flat, same style, cacio cavallo and uh, rigotta on a bun, and then they did the pastigizard. Every Friday, you know what that is, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I usually have it on Thursdays. Nope, it's always Friday. But no, yeah. Traditionally served on St. Joseph's Day, which is pasta with sardines and uh, uh, toasted breadcrumbs, pinoles, and wild fennel. Um, That's the sauce. Pinoles and currants. Uh, So that's what they're known for. Um, Yeah. That's real. That's legit. Mm. That's real. Yeah. Real gindaloon f- uh, food. 
Now, was this was this the food in the house growing up also? No. I didn't come from a big food family. Yeah. Not, not like grandmothers and everybody cooking around and everybody's yeah. eating over here. And we yeah. didn't do that. No? No. You know, you had just macaroni Sundays and Wednesdays. And uh, it was pretty uneventful. Christmas Eve was always big. You know, it was just immediate family, not a, you know, a lot of people. Um, and I had a lot, ton of aunts and uncles. But, um, uh, yeah, it wasn't a huge... Uh, you know, my mother's the same. My father was uh, Brutze's. But it wasn't a big cooking, big uh, bordello food. Right, so. right. You guys yeah. did your thing. You did what you had to. Yeah. You did what you had to. Mm. Now, this is this is one of those... You know, this, this is what... Well, I'm really psyched to have you on. You know, we have different people on, you know, whether it's a restaurateur, whether it's an athlete, whether it's this. Obviously, you're very famous for your acting, The Sopranos, movies, Men well, in Black. You're talking about food, so yeah. of course you'd be remiss not to mention that I mm-hmm. was a. <laughs> what the fuck? Did you do your homework or what? Yeah, you were a chef. There you go. <laughs> That's what we're talking here. Okay, so that, that was going to lead into it. Yeah. Um, and I lived in, in New Orleans. My cooking background, oddly, oddly enough, is uh, mostly French and, um, and, of course, Italian. But So I lived in New Orleans, and I uh, cooked in Manhattan in Los Angeles, and... Um, can I say I lived in New Orleans for four years? I worked at one of the most famous restaurants in the country, Commander's Palace. And um, uh, I had restaurants that opened restaurants in Brooklyn. Yeah. So cooking's my first passion. Yeah. What's your thing? What's your, when you get into the kitchen? I'm a sauce guy. I like sauces. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not talking about tomato sauce, obviously. But I like sauces. Whenever I go to a restaurant, I always ask for different sauces, more of an appetizer guy. I like tasting different things and dipping. A big dipper. Big dipper. Mm. What's your favorite uh, what's, what's your favorite cuisine now? Uh, well, if I had my uh, druthers, it would always be uh, French. Yeah? And not hoity-toity French, but the more bistro French. Yeah. Like Pastis was my favorite restaurant. That place was great. Yeah. That place and was great. Of course, both is on now, but uh, I love Pastis. That's my style restaurant. Yeah. That's good stuff. Now you, yeah, you had so you had your, you had your own spot. You were in Brooklyn for a while. Bay Ridge, yeah. Bay Ridge, many years. Started a few restaurants there, and uh, then I got a little jammed up, and that's when I gave up the restaurants and moved to LA to pursue the acting. So not like the, uh, not the worst fallback. Well, it worked out. Yeah. I mean, it could have fell on my face, and then who knows what would happen. But I also wrote a book called uh, A Meal to Die For which was a cookbook novel, was uh, based loosely on my life. And uh, so it's a, um, 10 courses, and each um, course leads into a chapter. And um, it came out in 06, and it did really well. I did a lot of signings and Bonds and Nobles and stuff like that. And uh, then I did it at our friend's place, like, uh, all the time. I would uh, sell cop- sign copies for our customers at uh, Vincent's Clam Bar. Yep, yep. Our, our dear friend uh, Bobby over at Vincent's. We love him. He's a brother. He's a brother, and Tony's uh, Tony and Bobby, probably yep. the greatest restaurateurs, and I've met so many. But they work it like it's their first day at the job. Every single day. After 33 Every years, how day. long it's been. Yeah, no, they're, uh, they're incredible dudes. They're incredible guys. Yeah. And they did something... Um, 
you know, I watched them during the pandemic. Yeah. And we just went through, and I watched them not only run their restaurants, like, like generals in the army, like generals at war. You know, within, uh, within a week they had a plan, and they executed it. And it just, it just, it just went, it, it, it flowed, it, it was, it was incredible. Um, I always looked at Bobby as like the desert fox. You know Edward and Rommel? <laughs> Absolutely. They ran the Panzer Division for uh, the Nazis. Absolutely. Yeah, he was like Edward and Rommel. Yeah, he just, he, he gets in there and he, he, he's like almost like, you know, not to bring this up, but like Coach Belichick. Just commanding the troops, just you know, moving the you know the X goes this way, the O goes this way. You're Details, winning, you know, that's where that's where he wins. But watching him help so many people during the pandemic, which was something I got to watch you do also. Um, you were you, my friend. You were I mean, what you did over the last few months for people, just to thank people and help people, was absolutely above and beyond anything. Anything I've ever seen. School kids will be talking about it in years to come. You know, it's going to be in history books. <laughs> They're going to teach it at church. Uh, it was a good run. So uh, I, I was happy to stay busy during the, uh, the height of it, which was I started April 9th. So what I did is, for people that are listening, and there are people listening, right? Oh, yeah, we got a lot of people listening. Look at the chat room. Look at that. Yeah. It's all family. Yeah. Well, family. So what I did, everybody. I um, I wanted to help the restaurants in my neighborhood. I live in East Rockaway, and they were all struggling to open or stay open or coping with it or how to do it. So I raised about thirty-five thousand dollars from a GoFundMe, and I bought rest uh, food from the restaurants, uh, whether it be bagel places, IHOP, Italian restaurants, Greek, Mexican. American, whatever I could, I try to change it up. Hamburger place, and I brought it to hospitals, nursing homes, uh, post office, fire department, sanitation, and I say post office, fire department. Anyway, uh, I did that for about seven weeks. So I did over. And Bobby, Bobby was great. I bought it from Vincent's Clam Bar, Villa Maria, reminding me and a lot, a lot, a lot. Of and I, I did it uh, for seven weeks. I did about. Over 100 pickup and deliveries. So it was good because it got me out of the house. Mm-hmm. And um, I would do breakfast, lunch, late night for precincts all over the, uh, the neighborhood. And so that's what I did. And it really, you know, you know he, he, Joe just spoke about it, but for restaurants, especially during, during these times, it was so, it, it's been so touch and go for restaurants. And we're seeing... Hundreds of restaurants closing, yeah. big names in Manhattan, uh, names out here on Long Island, all over the country. So, you know, and he touched upon it, but I just want to emphasize what he did. Not only did he help people and thank people and, and give, but he also helped these restaurants survive. You know, it sounds crazy, but another $1,000 in a restaurant's pocket a week during this pandemic could, you know, was the difference of them Staying open or not staying open. So you really, I mean, you helped everybody with this. Yeah, it was really a a beautiful thing. It was a very beautiful thing. Rewarding. Helping restaurants and then helping people. The essentials, the frontliners. And, uh, yeah, so it was a good run, about seven weeks. And uh, we'll see what the fall brings. If i got to do it again, I'll do it again. Yeah, yeah. That's what you do. That's what you do. So let's talk about that. So 
you're a chef, mm-hmm. and then you say, you know what, I'm going to go out to LA, I'm going to try this acting thing. Wow. Well, <laughs> well what happened was, yeah. was that I was working at as a chef in uh, 73rd and Lex in Manhattan, and um, there was a waiter who said, you know, I have a theater company, we're putting up this play, you'd be right for a role, why don't you come audition for it? I did. And I got the role. I did it. And I said, you know, that was kind of fun. I like it. What should I do? And he said, why don't you go study with my teacher? And I did. And I did that for a year and a half. Got out of the restaurant business. Sold ice cream in Wall Street from a cart while I was studying. I didn't get much out of the class, the teacher. It's a four-year thing. And so I left that. Tired of being broke. Got back into the restaurant business. Opened the restaurant that was very popular. It was right where I lived, right at the bottom of my apartment building. And uh, I was making a ton of money, but I was gambling heavily. And one Sunday, uh, 1990, I lost 60000 one Sunday, 1990. Wow. Three games. And uh, by that Thursday, I was in L.A., paid off all my debts. My friend that was a waiter had moved out to L.A. Uh, we hooked up again. We became roommates. And that's how I got my start of uh, being in L.A. And how I got jobs is a whole other story. But So that's the, the short of it, actually. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. You know what they say, uh, you know, sometimes God winks and, and sends you in the right direction. It all worked out. Yeah, no one's more out. thankful to me God bless than brother. me. Uh, put me in the right place, the right time. And, um, you know, you got to make your own bakes, breaks in life, too. So Yeah. Um, that I did. You worked hard. You, st- I mean, you still every day you you you, you work hard, brother. You, you keep it, you know, you keep it going. Try to hustle. Yeah. Um, try to think outside the box. Try to get ahead because there's a million people looking to do the same thing as you. And um, I was lucky. I mean, to be on the greatest show ever. Yeah. Out of nowhere, but yeah. And that's so. another. I mean, that's another great story within itself. Uh, David Chase, The Sopranos. You start off your role at first. You're on the show. You're kind of an extra. You know, you're you're in this scene. You're in the pastry shop. Well, uh, the first season I was a different character. Yeah. Gino. Mm-hmm. And then they brought me back as Vito. Yeah. How that like how that pivot happened? Like what? What you know? What? I, I don't know. I don't know how it happened. To tell you the truth. I mean, it's so long ago. 1997, 98. So I do one scene. At first, I didn't really want to do it. I thought, like, you know, I just want to do movies. You know, I don't want to do television. <laughs> Joe Jane Walkins says... He wants to do this stuff. <laughs> don't be an idiot. This is going to be big. You're going to do this. Yeah. And I said, okay. So I did it. I did that scene. And for some reason, they brought me back as Vito. I don't know why. Yeah. And uh, a couple of scenes. And then I got to kill Jackie Jr. season three. Yeah. And that was big. And then I had the idea to uh, bring him a book I was reading called Murder Machine about a, a bad crew in Brooklyn, the Roy DeMeo uh, crew, who worked for the Gambinos. And one of those guys in the crew was gay, but they didn't mind because he was really good what he did. You know, kill people and drain them right. upstairs in his apartment in the bathtub. 
So I said, wow, that's kind of interesting. That's pretty cool. I think, you know, I would bring that to attention, say I'd be willing to do it. It took them two years to, like, finally go ahead with it. And that changed my life. The graduation, you know, on the show from Gino to Vito to, you know, the, basically the, the story of season six, you know, was, was unbelievable. And it was just, it was a, it was a pleasure, pleasure to watch you grow as an actor, too, throughout that whole series. And, you know, the things it led to. And, and uh, it was really, really amazing. We got a, a, qu a question here from, uh, from Sarah Ann in the mm. chat room here. She wants to know if you're excited for the Many Saints of Newark. Um, well, I'm, I was disappointed that it was postponed. It should have been out in September. Yeah. But I understand why. Um, and I am excited. You know, M Michael Gandolfini was oh. at my wedding with his father. And I have this beautiful picture of him. He must have been 88, 9. Yeah. And um, I think it's going to be, you know, so many kids now... 16, 17, 18, and just watching this show and discovering it. They weren't even born yet. They weren't allowed to watch it years ago. So now that they're able to do it, so that's exciting. And I'm hoping that, I'm sure it will be great, because it is, you know, written by Chase and one of these Soprano directors, Alan Taylor, Taylor directed it. So I am excited because it will be all new, renewed interest in the show, and it will be pretty cool. Yeah, it's, you know, a couple of the clips you've seen online and everything, like, just, uh, I can't wait to hear the story, the prequel, you know, just to... I haven't seen clips. You've seen clips? Yeah, they have a couple of clips. A couple of Michael scenes are out there. Really? <clears throat> I, gotta, I, I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta Google that. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, that's, that's one of my favorite pictures. I know it's on, it's on your Facebook, uh, that, that picture from your wedding. That's a beautiful, beautiful photo. Yeah, You, that's... Jimmy, some of the other guys, but just, uh... That's beautiful shot is right. Yeah, that's really something. Yeah, I did something. Um, I did something with I with with Ada uh, about a year or two ago. Uh huh. And uh, you know she can't even talk about Jimmy t still to this day without without choking up. Yeah. He's just such a warm, genuine guy. He touched me in a few ways. Um, we were never really close, but. Um, he came to my restaurant. A lot of the actors were coming to the restaurant to do appearances, you know, meet and yeah. greets. That was in Bay Ridge, right? The, in Bay Ridge. Bay Ridge and uh, he said, what's this I heard about everybody coming to the restaurant? I want to come. And I said, really, Jim? I never wanted to ask you. And you're so busy. And he goes, no, I want to do it. So he came on a rainy night, sick as a dog. CNN was there, Jeannie Most. And it was lying around the block. He stayed till everyone got an autograph and a picture. Wow. Uh, that was one thing. And then he came to my wedding and um, spoke, and they all all of them spoke. But he said really nice things. And then um, when that scene, with that pivotal scene, with the security guard, he took me aside. He said, "Look, if you're uncomfortable about doing this, we'll go talk to David." And I said, "No, you know, I I kind of asked for it, so I'm going to trust him that it'll be done tastefully and." Not leave it hanging, just do that scene with the security guard, and, you know, like a Russian, and never hear from it again. They said, no, you can just do it this year, and then next year it's going to be big. So he was, uh, you know, a great guy, a very humble guy, and the uh, world is really uh, one of those tragic things that take him from us way too early, 51. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. And, um... If it sounds like there's a lot of background noise here, 
It's just, uh, we're, we're actually, I think there's a hurricane going through Long Island right now. So and, like the uh, Wizard of Oz. Yeah, really. <laughs> I'm waiting for the restaurant to, uh, to get swept up over here. Um, so, of course, what we do here on the Sinatra Dinner Hour is, and we're going to unveil it later, uh, Joe came in a little bit earlier today. He spoke to our chef, and, you know, we put together a dish, um, a dish that he'd like to eat, a dish that, you know, uh, he'd like to serve to Mr. Sinatra if he was here at the table with us right now. And we're going to keep the show going with special guest Joe Ganiscoli here on the Sinatra Dinner Hour on the Soul Free Radio Network. Joe, what was some of the music you grew up on? Um, what, was, what was the sound of, Bay, of uh, Gravesend Bay Ridge back in the day? My father was really into opera. Oh, yeah? Big opera lover. And I went to a few as a kid. Didn't like it, but Franco Corelli was his guy. Giuseppe Di Stefano. These guys' names I remember. Uh, but I like classic rock. But the broads, or the girls, were at the, where the disco was. So I like classic disco, too. What was that, pastels? Pastels, that? but even uh, before that, um, yeah, I guess pastels. But late 70s, early 80s, it was uh, classic disco. Or disco at that time. Now it's classic. It was disco, but I loved hard rock, so I like both. Was the, uh, let me ask you something, on the disco side, was the two slices of pizza, <laughs> Travolta style, was that a real thing? Uh, I never saw anybody eat pizza like that until then. <laughs> One on top of the other? Yeah. Uh, I never saw anybody eat a pizza like that. Like, what was it, uh, the 40th anniversary of Staying Alive? He went there? Yeah, when he was that back on uh, under the avenue there? Yeah. That was fun. That was fun. I never knew he, did, I never knew he had the, uh, the chrome dome. Yeah. Never knew it. <laughs> he lost it. Uno with that, uh, uh, got a you know, sausage with that pizza. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I like anything. Joe, what would you, if you, all right, let's, let's like play, uh, uh, kitchen here. If you had a duck, what would you do with it? Oh, what would I do with it? I would probably make a duck confit. Very and that's, nice. uh, duck cooked in its own fat. Uh, Very flavor, slow. Flavor. Very slow, um, low heat in the oven, and um, comes out uh, very, very tender. And you save that fat, keep it in the fridge, and then when you fry potatoes, saute potatoes, you use that fat for that duck fat. Uh huh. You know, so something next week is supposed to happen. The NFL is supposed to start. Yeah. I don't think they're going to get through to you. No, no, I'm, uh, I don't want to be the, the pessimistic one here, but I'm not, uh, you know, if, if, if they were in the bubble, I'd have more, uh, you know, I'd have more confidence it would work, but the fact they're going to be traveling kind of like baseball was, baseball is. Yeah, it's hard to, uh, get excited about hockey, basketball, baseball, it's just, uh, it's just so weird looking at. I don't have an interest for it. Yeah, I just, you know, it's, it's like, I think, all right, baseball, you know, b- baseball is my, you know, I love baseball, so uh, I'm trying to watch uh, basketball and hockey. I feel like they've done an okay job with the whatever the crowds, but football, how do you play football without a crowd? Well, I don't mind that so much. I mean, 
you'll deal with the crowd, you'll hear the noises. Um, it's got to be rough for, 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 the, yeah. for the players. But, I mean, I'm so far removed from sports that I'm just willing to go till January or just till it's start right. again. Until till it's it, right. Yeah, till it yeah. gets back to normal because yeah. just wash it out. Yeah. And I'm excited because the Giants have a new coach. Yeah, they do. I got to tell you, I like the quarterback. I really like the quarterback. He's going to be great. He's going to be great. This guy had to stop right here. Yeah, right? Oh, my God. It's like being in Speed Race's garage. Yeah, we're. I think we're actually in the pit crew for, for a race right here. <laughs> and we're almost ready for the big unveil, the big meal, the big presentation of the food as if Mr. Sinatra was at our table. Mr. Sinatra dinner hour here on the Soul Free Radio Network. When you do these private parties for people, you cook uh-huh. dinner. You cook dinner for me one night with the big wheel of cheese. I just did that for someone who insisted on having it. It's not easy to do in a house. But um, usually uh, what I do is, um, you know, it's a minimum of 16 people. I've done 35 and everything in between. So I do the shopping and uh, I make a big antipasto. Then I make the linguine with clam sauce and then I make a chicken scarpaiello. I have an assistant that goes with me wherever I go. And uh, I've done about 20 parties like that. I've done them in Georgia. Someone will spring me to Carolina. I was going to California to do one, but it's the tri-state area, so I do the shopping. They pay the, uh, my assistant, and uh, they're about 10 hours at that house and uh, tell stories, answer questions, take pictures with everybody, and um, it's a memorable thing. It's for that big soprano fan that they want to take it for, uh, you know, a birthday gift or um, you know just to get together, and it's a lot of fun. You think maybe maybe I could be the assistant one time? Well, probably not, because uh, <laughs> my assistant, she knows my next move. She gets everything prepped for me. She's great. She bartends. She cleans up. She's Dominican. I met her on a job. This woman brought her in, and I used her ever since. She's great. See, I was going to say I could eat the food, and I could like help smoke the cigars if you needed help. Yeah, I think you'd be during more of the party than ever actually helping me. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, either way, it's all good. Yeah. It's always a good time. Um, all right, so I know the chef's, the chef's about to bring out the meal. Was there anything in particular about Sinatra or the Rat Pack, the way those guys moved, the, the swag, the, the brotherhood between them? Any, any of that ever touched you growing up? No. Not too much? No, I didn't grow up in a big Sinatra house. Yeah. Um, matter of fact, I never even really heard uh, any of his songs. Um, and I myself am not a big Sinatra fan, oddly enough. It happens to be a Sinatra show you do. If anything, I like Dean better. I love Dean. But uh, I was more of a Louis Prima fan. Ooh. Louis Prima is my guy. Yeah. Italian from New Orleans. I like that kind of music. So, um, but, you know, Sinatra is uh, Sinatra. Yeah, yeah, great performer. Classy, you know, class class act. And uh, he gave us some great moments. Gave he did. Some great moments. He did. Now. I like the way he treated Sammy Davis. Yeah, you know, he stood yeah. up for him. Absolutely. And uh, that's what I like about him. It was rough being a Jewish guy in Hollywood back then. Very. 
you know, and he, uh, you know, he helped him out. Him and Joey Bishop. Yeah. There's that. I mean, I, you know, we've talked about it before on the show, but that live at the Sand special. That's just. I mean, forget about the songs. You know, forget about the music. Forget about the songs. Just the shtick between songs. Was probably, I could watch that for hours. <laughs> I could watch that for hours. The best thing is that, that Dean's uh, drunk act was mostly an act. Yeah, yeah. You know, he wasn't really into the... Uh, I'm sure he had his moments. But when they did that HBO special, and you got to see uh, you got to see behind the scenes of everything. Right. Um, it was great seeing, you know, Frank's out with the women, Sammy's got two women... Uh, Bishop and Lauder are doing their thing, and you know, Dean's back at the hotel in his pajamas, drinking a glass of milk, watching uh, <laughs> watching Gomer Pyle. Exactly. <laughs> I would have liked to have been, um, what's this guy's name that uh, opened up the bars? It was his right hand man uh, from Chicago. Uh, he opened up a bar with his name. He was actually killed by a drunk driver. Oof. Uh, well, someone out there should know. Get his name. Um, he's always with um, Frank. He's there like was uh, Jiggly, uh, Jiggy. Yeah. Jiggly. Yeah. Yeah, but you got it almost. Um, yeah. Did anybody come up with it out there? That's no. almost it. Yeah. Bobby and Vincent's told a great story about him when uh, they went into the Vincent's Clam Bar in Manhattan, the one on Hester and Mott. Yeah. And he said, he walked in first, and he said, listen, Mr. Sinatra's about to come in for dinner. You can either leave now, or if you decide to stay, you got to stay until he leaves. You know, but then I'll open the door once he's in. So, of course, everybody stays. And, you know, he eats his dinner. Gets up, leaves, everybody's clapping. And he picked up everybody's bill in the entire restaurant. Uh, yeah. And that's a big restaurant. Yeah, well, Vincent's Clam Bar and... and, and yeah, they got Hester? three rooms. That's three yeah, rooms. Yeah, Okay, I don't yeah. know. You know? Yeah. All right, so the chef just brought out a special dish. Yeah, we talked about clams. Yeah, so you said if you were to present... A dish to Mr. Sinatra sitting at the table with us. Yeah. This is what you came up with. Uh-huh. Linguini and white clam sauce, big chunks of fresh garlic in there. You can see the beautiful oil in there. Frankie he, would have liked it. Yeah, this this is what this would have been your go-to for him? Yeah. He looked he looks like he liked his clam sauce. Yeah. And I think that's the a great test of a restaurant. You know, something basic. Something baseline where if you make a good clam sauce. You know, pretty much, you know... It, no one makes a better clam sauce than me. I'm known for my clam sauce. Will you make it for me one day? Um, depends if you book a party. I'll, okay, <laughs> I'll book the party. Uh, I'll bring the cigars. All right. All right, maybe, uh, you know, maybe we wait till, you know, January, watch a game. But I want to I wanna, I wanna taste, taste the clam sauce. We'll do it. Yeah. I'm eating it. Mm, looks good. Mm. Looks delicious. Chef Sal here, 388, Roslyn, New York. Incredible chef. He did a good job. Yeah. And learned in the kitchen. Learned, grew up in the kitchen. Did he? Yeah. Grew up in the kitchen. Started, you know, as a washing dishes, busboy. That's how it happens. You know, learned the whole business from his father. 
So, uh, great dude, great place. It's been a great night, brother. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I wish we could, like, smoke these cigars right now, but it's really, I know. It's really raining now pretty hard. Yeah, we could have went and uh, looked at all the stroshes and had a cigar. Done our thing. Now, listen, now now we're almost done with the show. Now it's going to stop raining. Yeah. Perfect but I got out of early, like every morning, yeah, up yeah. at 5, on the golf course at 6.30. That's, that's strong. That's mm. strong. How are you shooting? Good? Up and down. Okay. As long as it stays up most of the time. All right, Joe. And also, oh, you know what? Before we forget to, Joe, Joe you got a great merchandise line. All kinds of soprano stuff, pictures. You well, got, we got the best thing now is the soprano mask, face mask, and the Bada Bing mask. The Bada Bing and the soprano mask. Comes with a signed picture, and I've been really doing well. Been selling them all over the country. They're well made, three ply, cotton, 100% cotton. And, um, you know, for $25, you can't beat it. Yeah, you get the picture, you with get ship, the mask. That's, that's... You, get the, you get the picture, the mask. And they can go to Instagram, Twitter, just, uh, you know, message me, direct message me, and uh, send me your address. I pay through Venmo. And uh, who's better than you? $25, you got a soprano mask and a picture. Or Perfect. a bada bang. Perfect. And right now we're going to ask everybody who's still in the chat to raise a glass. Bottom right-hand corner, we got a little uh, Jack Daniels, four rocks in honor of Sinatra right there. Raise a toast and toast Joe here. Toast the show. Look at that. Look at all those people toasting you right now, brother. Wow. The drinks are flowing for you. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. My brother, thank you so much for coming down. My pleasure. I'll put the masks up on, on, on Instagram so you know people can see it. We'll put them up in the story. And um, thank you. We'll be back next week. Another special show next week. We're going to be announcing our special guest on Monday. Not going to want to miss next week either. So, uh... That's it for us, Soul Free Radio Network. It's been the Sinatra Dinner Hour. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.